Regarding the topic of dinner, I have three pet peeves that cause me undue anxiety. Like Martha had undue anxiety over the dinner that she was hosting for Jesus. What are my three pet peeves? Well, one of them is when we host Sunday supper here at the St. Lawrence Center. When supper is over, about 6.45 or 7, my pet peeve is students who don't help us clean up. Conversely, when I go to somebody's house for dinner, my pet peeve is when they expect me to bring something <laughs> or expect me to help clean up. I'm sorry for my hypocrisy and that my pet peeves do not go together. The third pet peeve gets even worse. When I host a dinner at my rectory, I don't want anybody bringing anything or offering to help. It's my dinner. I'm a control freak. Your job is I'll take care of everything. Unfortunately, I have to confess that like Martha, dinner causes me a lot of anxiety. And dinner, dinner shouldn't cause us anxiety. I think if we're receiving this gospel the way it's meant, dinners are meant to fill us and to fulfill us with the kind of conversation and listening that brings us to the fullness of life. One of my favorite questions to ask the students here at St. Lawrence is, are you having people over for dinner? And most students look at me like, no, we go out. We always go out for dinner. I said, are you having students over for dinner? Because I think there's something special about that conversation, that hospitality, as Abraham and Sarah received the three mysterious guests and made their, them dinner and entertained God in our first reading today. It's a very critical question in our lives. Are we having dinner together? And what is the quality of our time? And what is the quality of our conversation? It can go a long way to putting us in communion with God and ourselves and our nature and each other. Most of us will agree that things were better when the family dinner was more sacred. And I was blessed that our family dinners, they didn't always last a long time, but to miss dinner was the worst offense that you could have in my family. And so I hate confessing that these dinners sometimes cause me undue anxiety. At the end of Sunday Supper, which is one of my favorite programs here at St. Lawrence, as we build a culture of home, Catholic Church is your family. We want to spend time with you. We want to give you what we have received from the Lord in the form of mass, and then dinner with you after. We're excited that you're here. Somehow there's a switch in me that when dinner is over, I'm like, if you're not helping, just go home. Get out of here. Nobody likes a mooch. I turn into a, I turn into a Grinch. But when I go over to somebody else's house for dinner, I like to be the mooch. I like to relax, not have to bring anything, just worry about the conversation. And then when people come to my house for dinner, a lot of times they're very generous. Father, what can we bring? How can we help? 
And when they're in my kitchen, most of the women would probably uh, would relate to this. It causes you anxiety. Don't touch my stuff. It's all where I want it to be. I've got control of this dinner. Even if I don't have control of the dinner, I like to pretend like I have control of the dinner. What's the point of today's gospel? I don't think it's as much about who's doing the cooking and the cleaning and the cleanup. That has to get done. But I think it's less about the active life versus the contemplative life. It's more about our ability to spend time with each other in conversation. And to spend time, to waste time with each other in conversation. I know I underestimate how much I change for the better through relationships and through conversation. And if you approach the relationships and conversation in your life and your dinners with anxiety, I'm busy, I'm tired, I'm anxious, I'm worried about many things, it greatly reduces what can get accomplished in those dinners. Jesus says, Mary has chosen the better part because Mary was there, first of all, to receive the relationship, to receive the conversation. And that's how we grow. Jesus, in calling us to be his disciples, reminds that we have to receive everything that God wants us to have before we dare to serve and give. And there's plenty of parables out there about the talents, that we can't waste the gifts that we have been given. We have to work hard, multiply our gifts. We have to be fruitful with our lives. It's not like Jesus says that hard work is not important. Helping is not important. But before Jesus dared to finish his work for us, including his ultimate work, Jesus said some very extraordinary things to us. I have given you everything that I received everything that I received from my Father. Jesus will say, I only speak what I have heard. And Jesus will say, I only do what I see the Father do. Do you see how receptive Jesus is as a member of the Holy Trinity? which is a communion of persons, a conversation, teaching us how to become fully alive as persons. Jesus receives and receives and receives, and then he does, then he speaks, then he gives. Mary, our blessed mother, no surprise, she's the best disciple of Jesus. She follows him perfectly. She says, the Almighty has done great things for me. And when she said yes to God's will in her life, what she was supposed to do, she says, let it be done to me according to thy word. Let it be done to me according to what I have heard. You see why Jesus says Mary is the better part. She listens. She wastes time. She puts the conversation first. She puts the relationship first. Now, if we only do that, we're all going to starve to death because nobody's going to make dinner. We're just going to talk ourselves to death. There's a point where we do have to act in our lives. 
But if we find ourselves anxious and busy in our life, confused, worried, tired, this gospel tells us we need to take a look at how well we're receiving the gifts that God wants us to have. He does want to fill us with good things. Starting in prayer, in the conversation that we have to him, prayer's the hardest thing that we have to learn how to do. All of us want to be active. We want to be busy. Prayer's wasting time with God. We don't like to waste time. We like to put a huge value on time. But when we waste this time with God and each other, when the quality of our conversation dinner goes then we have better answers to the fundamental questions that make us human, that make us alive, that give us the fullness of life for which we are made. Who loves me? Who am I to love? Who am I? And then we can answer the question, what am I supposed to do with all these gifts? What am I supposed to do? That question can flow naturally out of our relationship and conversation, not out of busyness, worry, anxiety. So my pivotal question is, what pet peeve do you need to let go of to be less anxious? Now, there are some pet peeves that I, could, that I have that I would absolutely defend until I die, I think. Eating in the office, eating in the living room, eating in the bedroom, big no-no, gross, that turns me off. But I realize the three pet peeves that I mentioned today that caused me anxiety around dinner they need to go if I'm going to have a better dinner conversation. What pet peeves do you need to let go of to have a better conversation with God and your neighbor?